Hello and welcome to another episode of I Know I Love, the podcast where I, Kevin, talk about all of the things that I know that I love in the world of entertainment, from films to music to television shows and, of course, the occasional video game. Uh, We are back with episode 29, and today we are getting into the realm, back into the realm, rather, of film. And I'm really um, just looking forward to talking about this film. This one has been on my list from day one. It's really crazy how... Like, considering some events that have happened recently with one of the actors in the film, like, this literally was the next film on my list to talk about. And then what happened happened, and I was just like, oh, man, like, really depressed because, like, it's a really beloved actor who is in this film that has recently passed. That would be Ray Liotta. And um, so the film we're going to be talking about is the 1989 film Field of Dreams. Um, personally, it's my favorite of the films that Ray Liotta had ever been in. And it just literally, I was like going through just, you know, my notes and things like for the upcoming month and stuff. And, um, I was like, oh yes, field of dreams. Like I get to talk about that. And then, you know, um, it, he just unexpectedly passed away. So that was just a really sad time. Um, given that, you know, he just had so much, um, he was just such an artist and I feel like, just things that I've read about him just by other actors, they seem to really like, he seemed just like a genuinely really great guy. Um, and so I'm just, I hope I can kind of do this podcast justice. Um, having been a really big fan of his. Um, so let's get into it. So field of dreams is like, I said, it's from 1989. It is a, uh, I guess it's a, you know, sports, uh, drama type sports theme drama. I'll call it. Um, that was written and directed by Phil Alden Robinson, and it stars Kevin Costner, Amy Madigan, James Earl Jones, of course, Ray Liotta, and Burt Lancaster. And I'm kind of just going to go into the summary of like what the film is about, and then I'm going to go into my just overall discovery of how like I very vividly recall actually watching this film for the first time when I was quite young. So... Field of Dreams um, stars, again, Kevin Costner, who plays Ray Kinsella. Ray Kinsella is the protagonist of the story. And him and his wife live in Iowa with their daughter, Karen. Um, his wife is Annie, played by Amy Madigan. And the three of them live in Iowa, this little town called Dyersville. Um, and he basically works in a cornfield. Um, when the film opens, I'm not really spoiling anything, but when the film opens, um, Kevin Costner does like a really brief sort of like slideshow narration um, just kind of just to really just to bring us up to speed. Like I'm not always like, and this is something I haven't really talked about in the past, but um, it depends. Sometimes I'm a fan fan of voiceovers and films, and sometimes I'm like, oh, is it necessary? Um, this time around, I kind of feel like it helps us a little bit just because it propels us into like you know what we're really getting into. So. The opening of the film just starts with him um, just kind of narrating the slideshow, just kind of going through like his life, who he is, his family, um, and just kind of covering some bases, no pun intended, just about his sort of like love of baseball. And like throughout this narration, we get like snippets of information um, that pretty much lead us to believe and understand his relationship with his father, which we can understand wasn't that great. Um, he kind of rebelled against his father from what we're gathering. But at the end of the day, you know, it seems like, you know, one thing he seemed to get from his father was just a sort of appreciation and and love of the game of baseball. 
And so he has, there's definitely some like, you know, resentment there, maybe some regret for some reason. We don't really know the whole story yet, but that just kind of gets us into like everything. And then he starts talking about, you know, and when he heard the voice and we're like, what the hell was the voice? What is that? And so um, then we just kind of jump right into it. We're at the farm and he's like in the farm and we're not getting narration anymore. Um, so the rest of the film just follows, follows, you know, just the action. And basically, again, not spoiling anything, all of what I'm talking about happens within like the first, you know, 15, 10 minutes of the film. So he's like Kevin Costner's character is farming in the cornfield that they have. Um, they have this really beautiful, just like field, um, just farmland. And it's just like a really peaceful um, sort of like environment. Um, and he's just, you know, plowing along and everything. And all of a sudden he hears this like whispering and we hear it with him and he reacts like, what is that? Um, and it keeps, it, it does, it says something again. And he's like, what, what is that? <laughs> like he thinks somebody's like playing a joke or a prank or something. And so finally clear as day, he hears this whispering voice say to him, if you build it, he will come. And right after hearing this whisper, like coming from, he doesn't know where it's coming from. Um, he has this vision of a baseball player known, known as Shoeless Joe Jackson from the Chicago White Sox. Some people also would refer to the team that he was on as the time as the Chicago Black Sox, um, given that, you know, for the 1919 uh, World Series, um, Shoeless Joe Jackson and a handful of other players on his team were basically accused um, for for what seemed to be them throwing the World Series, um, and they were essentially banned from the game after that. And this, of course, becomes a lot more relevant when we learn more things about Ray and his father. Um, and so, yeah, that's just a little backstory there for you. <laughs> and then he also has this vision, and Shoeless Joe Jackson is played by Ray Liotta. Um, he, and then uh, Kevin Costner's character also has this vision at the same time of this like baseball diamond sort of just like appearing um, in place of his a part of his cornfield. And so it just like hits him like a ton of bricks, like just this vision out of nowhere. Like there's no explanation for it whatsoever. And so he starts sort of just like reflecting on it to himself. And he asks the wife, um, you know, did you hear anything? And she's like, no. And she says, Karen, did you hear anything? The daughter says no. And so he tells her, he tells the wife and explains everything. And like, I feel like the interaction and the relationship and chemistry between Kevin Costner and Amy Madigan is really important for this kind of movie because like, of course, you know, she teases him like, oh, you're hearing voices? Like what's going on? But like, she also kind of like, doesn't necessarily call him crazy. Like she's not really like, she kind of teases him, but she's not really making fun of him. Um, and so we get very quickly, like they have a really great relationship in their marriage and she's just kind of like inquisitive. So like, what do you think it means? Like if you're hearing this voice, like, what do you think it is? And so he comes to this conclusion that he thinks that the voice is telling him to build this baseball field in his backyard. And however it's going to work, um, Shoeless Joe Jackson is going to appear. <laughs> just like, like, I mean, it's just like the, the ghost of him, the real him, he doesn't know. But like the, it, it literally hits him that strong to where he it's just something he like has to do. And so eventually, you know, Annie, his wife, like kind of just ends up supporting him and just pretty much tells him, you know, if it's if you really believe that this is something you need to do, 
then you should do it. And of course, she points out, you know, the fact that it is a financial risk for them to do this because like this is all they have is their farming and like the farming of the corn and everything. But like, it, again, it just reiterates like this relationship that they have of like communication and trust. And it's just a really like pleasant thing to see in film, I guess, like, because that's not like, there's not, the drama isn't really like in their marriage. That's not where this is going. And so he eventually decides to, um, proceed with his vision and he decides to just plow um, away a lot of his cornfield and to just literally invest in and build this really cool like baseball diamond in his backyard with like the 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 shape of everything and like the the um chalk to like line the bases to one another. i mean it really is like a legit like baseball diamond and like bleachers and everything um right in his backyard and so um basically time goes by and like the town of course thinks he's crazy like he's gonna lose his whole farm and that's like all the commentary he's getting from anyone they think he's crazy and like he's hearing voices in his farm all he can do is just sit around and and just like hope that what he did was the right thing and right around the time when he is like you know did i make a mistake like what is the point he it looks out his bedroom window and the, the second story and lo and behold in the field is this is this person who then seems who then um proclaims to be shoeless joe jackson um or joe jackson rather and um so the ghost does appear or whatever he is the angel whatever you'd like to call it and um from then on the character of joe jackson just um you know they kind of have this conversation like you know annie can see him karen can see him over time like throughout the movie like uh, Joe asks, like, you know, can I bring other people to play here? Like, because it's as much as a surprise to him as it is to Ray. And Ray says, of course, like, I built this for you. Like, that was the whole point. The voice told me to do that. So that's why I did that. And Joe doesn't really acknowledge that. Like, when that's said, he's kind of like, like, he has, like, the performance of Reload is so crucial to this because, like, there's so much more than what it seems to be going on. Um, and so to not give anything more away, cause I mean, that's again, like nothing, that's just like getting the major stuff out of the way. But throughout the film, Ray continues to see basically other visions that lead to more things that maybe this is not just about baseball and like, I'll just leave it at that. Um, and so it's just a really great film overall. And, you know, like I kind of wanted to start with the summary this week and, and I may do that in the future as well, because my discovery of this film, like I literally remember exactly when I saw this film because it all had to do with back in the 90s and it was basically because of McDonald's, which is kind of a left field um, thing I know. But back in the day, specifically in the 90s, this would have been, I believe, 1992. Um, this film came out in 89, so this would have been three years after the film came out. McDonald's did a promotion around like the holidays, like Christmas time. And they did a promotion where you could like purchase this VHS tape of Field of Dreams with like a value meal or whatever. And I was like, did I dream that up or did, was that real? Because I remember being in the drive-thru and like us, my like my parents were like, oh, let's buy this movie. It's like $6.99. Okay. Um, and so I literally went on YouTube just to like clarify my my memory of what the events that happened. And it was it is still there. So if like you YouTube like Field of Dreams McDonald's promotion. Um, it has like literally the commercial from 1992 and they talk about what the, what the promotion is and everything. And so I remember buying this film from McDonald's. I was, I'm not crazy. It did happen and watching it, I would have been probably around seven. And I just remember 
buying this movie and watching it. And like, even as a child, it just spoke to me. Like this was one of those movies like that it's, I mean, I would not even necessarily by today's standards, I especially would not call this necessarily like a quote unquote kids movie. It's not like an adult movie. It's not like a child can't watch this movie, but I just first, I mean, for, for what the film is, and I'm going to get more into depth of that about the components and things like it's very, um, just, it's a very like low key, like low playing tone type of film. But as a child, I was just like entranced by this film. And I mean, I watched this film a lot again and again, as a kid, I just think there's so many things and concepts and um, just themes and, and plot points that I just really felt like I could relate to in this film. And that made me just love it. And so getting into the standout components. So first off, the concept of this film is one of the biggest standout components for me. Um, the originality of Field of Dreams is just for me something that I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know why, like, I, I know it's kind of cliche, but it is something I personally don't think we see nowadays in film. It is literally just like a very straightforward film that has a very unique, just completely otherworldly supernatural quality and, and concept to it that you just go with. Like, and, and I think sometimes nowadays we can sometimes get a bit um cynical when it comes to film like we want to kind of see what's behind the curtain and figure it out and whatever and like this film you you do that you're kind of like okay is this really about what it seems like because it seems like it's about something else and like where is this going but it also is one of those films where you go you just go with it it's as crazy as it sounds and as just like what like as you kind of go as you're watching it like you kind of have the same reaction as the character of annie his wife like we kind of want to see where it's going but we're a little like are you like crazy or what's going on and so we really want to go down the rabbit hole with this character of ray kinsella and like we want to see where it's going like we want it to be true like we want his vision to literally mean something um because you know in life when things happen and they do mean something like that makes just life just all the more worth living right and so it's one of those films that like really gives us the chance to kind of like live through, live this experience through Ray and, and Kevin Costner's character and just really like put your money where your mouth is and just go after some crazy thing that everyone is calling crazy, but you believe in it. And in the end, like who knows what could happen. So, and in his case, you know it, well, I'm not going to say more, but like in the, it does, you know, benefit him. I will say to listen to his heart is what I'll say. <laughs> and so the concept is one of those standout components that I think just like, they just don't make movies like this anymore. Like I watched this movie going, there's no way they could make this movie today just because there would be so many things like they would have to put in it that, you know, fit like the just commonality of films today that it would just take away from the concept which is what what and what the film really represents and what it's supposed to be about god help us if they ever try to reboot this film i will protest um, so the second thing that i would like to point out with standout components is the tone of this film um it's i know it's maybe kind of a strange thing to talk about but like you know every film has just its own tone and own sort of voice that it wants to sort of stand for um, and I, the thing that's striking for me with Field of Dreams is the tone is like very like quiet. It's a very like not, nothing in your face. It's very accessible. And it just really, it's one of those films that just trusts the audience to just follow it, just go along with it. 
and just like it's not like flashy it's not like there's no i can't even think of like any action sequences there is none it's just a very like i would not call it a slow burner i mean i don't know it's got slow burner qualities but it's just so much more than that like and really behind the curtain it's much more epic than we realize like as we keep going with the film we're like okay this is like going some really crazy places and like when James Earl Jones James Earl Jones character comes into play um it kind of opens this whole other path of like where the film is headed and then like right at the end we're like what <laughs> like it really has like that kind of moment in a really good way like there's nothing there's no gotcha it, it's pretty much like telling you what it is the whole time but like you just have to be really paying attention then when you watch it again you're like oh, okay yeah all right um, and I think the tone of just that really subtle, like, just let's take our time type of tone really helps this film benefit from such type of storytelling. And again, that's something that is so rare today. Like everything today has to be so big and flashing, just like in your face and, and like just to grasp the audience's nowadays attention and like Field of Dreams does, it like refuses to do that. Like it's so slow, but yet so interesting that it doesn't matter how what the pacing is going because the pacing is perfect for what the film is. Um, talking about the tone still, um, I would like to also point out like the score is very useful and helpful towards making the tone be as amazing as it is. James Horner is the composer for this film, probably... I mean, he's probably composed some of my favorite films, and I just think he was a just absolute genius. And I feel like his score here is just as sensational. And really, for me, I feel like it was like that sort of like late 80s, early 90s time frame for me that like he was just like on his game during this period of his career. If you like go on YouTube or something and just YouTube like The Drive Home by James Horner, that track alone like it has this quality where it is just so beautiful and there's like just like some really interesting usage of like synthy stuff but like very subtly used and like it's one of those songs that can literally make you just like cry and like you don't even know like it just makes you it's the sad it's a sad sounding song but it's so beautiful that you want to keep listening and like when you combine that song the drive home by james horner when you combine that with the scene from Field of Dreams that it's actually in, like, damn. <laughs> like, I'm just saying, like, it is seriously, like, that scene, when you when you see the scene, you're going to know what I'm talking about when you, when you watch this film. It is, like, the song, I, I mean, it is just, like, the perfect song for that scene and the story that is told during that scene of the from one of the characters you just are like, oh my God, like, it's just like really sad. And you're like, you feel so bad for the character that's like talking and, and the one that's listening to, like, it's just a really emotional scene again, performed with such restraint that it's not so in your face sad, but like it is sad. Um, but yeah, James Horner, just again, his, his whole score for this film really just, ignites the tone to be as impacting as it is finally for standout components um the I, I would call like this sort of like a controlled melodrama um melodrama i think sometimes can be a little bit meaning something that's really like pushing you to be sort of sensitive to it like sometimes in an over-the-top way but this time around with with this film field of dreams 
it is a bit melodramatic, especially like when we kind of put all the pieces together, or all the pieces are put together for us, and we and we realize what's going on. Um, but it's very controlled. Like it doesn't feel. We don't feel like the film is cheating, and we don't feel like it's so on the nose that it's like annoying and like eye rolling. Like oh my god, this is so cheesy. Like it doesn't have that sort of um, melodramaticness to it. It's the payoff in the end really for me is genuinely sweet and it is earned. And that's even better yet surprising because like for a film to kind of sneak up on you like that in a melodramatic way, like I'm typically not a fan of like super melodrama. Like I can watch films and stuff that have like overly like emotional things that are just a little bit forced and trite. But like this film really, I find its payoff in the end to be very much earned and I just can do nothing but applaud it because it's just like, oh, you got me, <laughs> you know, like it really has that effect because it, it and like I, this is a film like I just I will proudly admit this is a film of the films that I will talk about that genuinely makes me cry every time I watch it. Like I cry so much with this film. I've seen it a million times. I know where it's going. I know what it's about and everything. I know how it's going to end. And it's it's a it's a happy sad though it's it's a very like oh like in a good way and I I will tell you I am not like that type of fan of film and television and everything I'm not typically like a fan of that but this film earns it so well that I'm just like okay all right like it's okay um, it is again controlled melodrama just makes it such that is one of the standout components for me being that type of film overall what makes field of dreams so great so let's move into the last section of our episode real quick i'm just kind of getting my notes here um so overall what makes field of dreams great so um obviously the writing i mean this concept could go so wrong it could be so bad I mean, like, the whole idea of, like, oh, heaven in your backyard, like, that could go, I mean, and that's not really what they're saying, I mean, it kind of is, but it's, like, they don't really answer that question, is it really that, but it could go super south with, like, the wrong handlings, and I think Phil Alden Robinson's dialogue really, and, and well, his, his whole script in general is great, but, like, the interactions his characters have in their dialogue is both impacting and memorable, we really get um, just a lot of really great lines. Like, this is one of those movies that just has really good lines. Like, I mean, I don't know if you've ever heard um, the line, you know, is this heaven? Some A character asks, no, it's Iowa. That is from this film. I mean, and there's so many other lines. Like, Amy Madigan has some amazing lines um, in this film and performed just perfectly, of course, by her. Um, and I just feel like it's one of those movies when I watch, I'm like, why don't they write? Like, why don't people write this way anymore? Um, you know, I mean, and, and it's got like, I mean, there's some like language here and there, but it's not vulgar. It's not like trying to push the, any envelope with anything. It just, it just accepts itself for what it is and that's it. And I think the writing of this film really encapsulates this type of story with these kinds of characters that are very different from one another, but like they have these commonalities as we find out. Um, it just, the writing really just brings it all together really fluidly where we just believe it. We, I mean, these, these characters really feel genuine and I'm going to get into that in a minute specifically. Um, the next uh, thing that makes this overall, this film overall great is it's one of those films as the all pretty much all the films. I mean, I can say this about that I've gone over in my podcast, but it really does stay with you. 
Field of Dreams is a film that I feel like when I think of, I mean, because there's a lot of sports themed films. I mean, in some are more like childish, like, you know, Mighty Ducks and Heavyweights. And um, I consider that a sports themed film. And um, The Big Green and the, the Sandlot, of course, Rookie of the Year. All of those are great films. And, and I'm going to talk about some of those down the line. Um, and then there's other adult films that are like, you know, like Major League and um, like uh for love of the game and i mean there's a lot of great other sports films but like for me field of dreams just tops that list for me as just the greatest sports theme film like of all time um i feel like because it uses the sport of baseball really more as a backdrop for what the film is actually about which is ultimately going to be about family and like your faith in general of things and that the way that that it uses that backdrop of baseball i think is really creative and i think it's just really clever um just because you know when you read sort of the concept you're like oh baseball like if you're not i mean i love baseball but like if you're not a fan of it you're like "Mm, i don't know if i'm gonna like this but like it really is more than that there's so much more than meets the eye with this film and with that the way that it sort of um just kind of surprises you in, in a great way that those are the kinds of films that I just really love. I mean, if, if you've listened to a lot of my past episodes on film, especially like there is this running theme I, I really love in films that just, they kind of, you think you have them figured out and then you really don't. And it's not about it being like a mystery or anything, but it's just like, it goes in a, like the films, some of my favorite ones are those that go in a direction and then they arrive at this very unexpected place. And that is so what Field of Dreams does. And I've just never seen, like, especially a sports-themed film do that before. Um, I just, I really have it. I mean, there are some great ones, but, like, they don't, they're usually, like, you know, baseball is, like, the centerpiece of what's going on. And with Field of Dreams, it's more of a backdrop. So I, I love that. And and with that, for me, it's it just stays with you. Lastly, the thing I would also like to talk about about what makes it great is the performances in Field of Dreams, like the actors throughout this film, I mean, obviously these are great actors in general. I mean, Kevin Costner, Ray Liotta, Amy Madigan, James Earl Jones, Bart Lancaster, like, come on. Um, All of these are amazing actors. So like, we know we're going to get good performances, but like, to me, the actors throughout this film of Field of Dreams really just make you truly believe that they are in this world. Like, I know that like, obviously that is an actor's job, but like, I feel like it's really just like done freakishly well in this film. Like I don't see Kevin Costner. I see Ray Kinsella. I don't see Ray Liotta. I see Shoeless Joe Jackson. Like it's that like they just all really seems to have this like belief in their character. And I mean, we still see that. I mean, there's great performances in films nowadays. I mean, there's constantly going on, but the the cast collectively together just sort of uniting to really just like stand up for this film and like give it their all is so evident that it's just it just is very authentic it just has this thing about it that like it just doesn't feel like there comes a point for me when i watch this film like it doesn't feel like a movie (laughs) and you're basically just like watching this family go through this like totally crazy these crazy events and these things and going after like what they really want to do and all these things and like the world just feels real like it's not real we know like we're we're, we're, like you know when people saw this like they knew they were in a movie theater like when we watch it today like we know we're like on the couch or in our own actual world but like 
Field of Dreams just it has just that authenticity that again it's just it's so rare to see that but it's because of the performances that make these characters feel so just raw and just like you believe everything they're doing and you 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 believe in them you want you root for all of these characters in this film like you want everything to work out you don't have all the answers of course but like you're still wanting you know rates in the end like achieve whatever it is he's chasing like we don't know what that is exactly but we want it to work out for him in the end and so that is the final thing that just makes this great in my opinion and so with all of that sort of coming together that is why I know I love this film, Field of Dreams. Um, please, please, please go watch this film if you've not seen it. It's got to be streaming on something or just rent it or something. I don't know. Um, it is a great film. I, I honestly, like, I don't know. I don't know. If people, if someone doesn't like this film, I don't know if I want to associate with them. So, like, it's just to me, it's like this film it just represents so much for me like it, like i said before it, like i really can relate to a lot of ray's character and just a lot of things in this film that are talked about and um i just love this film and i can't imagine people not liking this film like i don't get it i don't get i know people can like what they want but like i don't get it like if like to me this film really has everything that i personally would want in a film so and it does it in its most subtle way so, you know, go ahead and check it out. And until next time, thanks again for listening. Thank you for listening to the I Know I Love podcast. If you like what you heard, please follow me, Kevin Craddock, on Instagram at I Know I Love Podcast. Here you can find current information and links to future episodes as they are produced. Thanks again for listening.